Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. See ham on the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CDP,
Welcome to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. A lot of sports to get it to from the past week. A lot of, a lot of things going on this weekend. Spring football is in the air. Oh, thank God for spring football. But before we even get any further, we're going to go into this daily devotional, and it's a pretty simple one. So, And it's also a real good one, too. This one's pretty good in the sense that it's simple it's simple in the most simplistic way. So let's just jump right into it. This comes from Matthew 6, 9 through 13. And if you know the Bible, if you know Matthew, the book of Matthew, 9 and 13 is simply the Lord's Prayer. It goes like this. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts from our trespasses. And we lead those not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For God is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, if you if you remember anything about your sports days like I do, if you remember anything from anything you've ever done in your life, the one thing that you remember every day is going out and saying the Lord's Prayer. I'll put it like this. Jesus gave his followers a pattern for prayer that includes seeking forgiveness every day. The invitation to regular repentance is not a means of renewing our salvation, but rather a maintenance plan to for our fellowship with the Lord. The Lord's substitutionary payment for our transgressions means that we can look forward to an eternity spent in God's presence instead of getting the punishment we deserve. When we trust Jesus as our Savior, our sins are forgiven forever. The stains from our past, present, and future wrongs are wiped from our record. The tendency to sin, however, remains part of the human experience. And though its influence decreases, the more we are confronted, we are are conformed to Christ's image. With the exception of Jesus Christ, no one is perfect. So while on earth, we will all continue to deal with sin and its consequences. The Lord's admonition to seek daily forgiveness is a reminder to confess our sins and turn away from, from them because we are forgiven. God's grace is not a license to sin. Instead, it's a reason to continuously pursue righteousness. Bad attitudes, thoughtless actions, unkind speech do not fit into what we are as children of God. We are we're new, we're new creatures in Christ. We're brought for a price and set free to live as partakers of his grace. Salvation makes, us, makes a way for us to enter God's presence. While regular confession and repentance keep the pathway well maintained and free of obstruction, as said in John 1.9, 1, 1, the sinner's prayer needs to be said only once. But a saint will tap into God's forgiveness every day of his or her life. That's a lot of food for thought for you. And that's that's what the Lord's Prayer does every day. It's not just a protection from from when we go out to battle on a football field or a basketball court or doing something that we're not supposed to be doing. I mean, that's not what he's saying. He's saying 
it's an everyday thing. You give, you, you praise the Lord, you say the Lord's Prayer every day. Yes, he will forgive you in some of the things you do. And he'll try to he'll try to right the wrongs of your future and your past and your present. That's just a little bit of it's just a little bit of the inside insight that we get from the Lord every day. But you know, it's a little food for thought. A little food for thought. But we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. And we're going to jump right into spring football. We're going to jump right into wrestling. We're going we're gonna to do a lot of things right now. We're going to put – when we come back, I'll tell you what. When we come back, we're going to put a capper on on the college basketball season and start from there. Stay tuned. Oh. 
Because people still searching for this truth here.
in the end, Syracuse just, just didn't have enough. And I was very skeptical about Syracuse coming into the into this tournament. I didn't think they belonged. I didn't think they even deserved the 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 slot that they got. But as they kept progressing, as they kept going, you see them getting hot and hotter and hotter. And that that makes me proud of the Orange. That makes me proud of, of Jim Beheim and, and the job that he's done in almost 40 years at, at Syracuse. And, you know, that's a tribute to him. I mean, no doubt about it. And the other thing that I that I really enjoyed was 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 Monday night. You know, Monday night was probably the most enjoyable Monday two hours I ever I ever experienced. Do I like the fact that the game that that the national semifinals and and the national championship game is on TBS? Yeah, because it belongs on network TV. It doesn't belong on cable. It belongs on network TV. And the fact that you know, you see some of the reactions of of Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley, Jay Wright, the NC, the, the North Carolina fans, the North Carolina players. You see tears of joy. You see tears of of, of sorrow. But none of these players have none of these guys. None of these players have nothing to hang their hats on. Have nothing to to hang their heads over. But the one thing that I can say about that game, man, that final 45 seconds of that game was probably the most exciting 45 seconds I had ever seen in my in my day, in all the days of of sports. And I've been I've been involved in some sort of sport since I was five years old, and. It's just like I said in my tweet. It's it's sad. One sad a team has to lose, but it's nights like Monday night that make sports the greatest thing God ever created. It had so much drama. It had so much intrigue. It had so much in it that if you even thought about anything that went on in that game or anything that went on in that two and a half hours that you watched that game and you saw you saw emotion you saw you saw grit you saw determination you saw you saw teams that just wanted it it's too bad that that Marcus Page three-pointer will just be a a footnote when, in fact, that entire sequence should just be to just be there for everybody to see. And the reason why I say that is because you don't see a guy just forcing up a three-pointer you see a guy who's positioned his, his his team to win a ball game in overtime. Did you expect to see a three pointer 
<laughs> at the end of the game, end of the game to win the game. I, I didn't, but that is easily one of the best top ten sports performances of all time for me. Now, in terms of it being uh, the greatest, the greatest NCAA basketball game ever, that's in the top three. I mean. There's a lot of Duke North Carolina games that I would put up uh, put above that. There's a lot of there's a lot of Indiana Kentucky games I would put over that. I mean, I would even put the Villanova shock win in '85 over Georgetown over this game simply because you didn't expect Villanova to win that game, and you didn't expect you really didn't expect Villanova to win this game, but. You knew they had a chance because this is a team of destiny. Because you think about it, 31 years ago, <laughs> Raleigh Massimino took an eight C Villanova team to the all the way to the national championship game and won that game over Georgetown, which had the likes of Patrick Ewing. I mean, which had Patrick Ewing on that team. And you look at that, and you look at, you know, there's a number of Hall of Famers that were in that game. And you look at this you look at this game here. There's a number of future NBA stars in, in this game. Marcus Page is one of them. Um, and, I, and I love Marcus Page. And I loved, and I loved listening to him. Talk about how he put his heart out there, and he did in the post conference. I loved hearing emotions. I mean, I love seeing raw emotion. I mean, that that this is what sports is all about, man. I mean, whether you're a fan of college basketball, whether you're a fan of football, you have to appreciate the unpredictability that is March Madness. You just have to. I mean, because there's nothing more special than than March Madness as a whole. That's my take on it. That's that's my capper to put on it. But this weekend we got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of spring football going on, and and, and one other thing, WrestleMania. Like I, I don't talk about I don't talk about wrestling as much as I as much as I should. I mean, I guess because. I'm not really much of a wrestling fan like I used to like I used to be anymore because it's so predictable. It's so I mean it's so over the top done. I mean there's no there, there's no tradition to it anymore. That's that's probably the reason why I don't talk about wrestling as much. It's probably the reason why I talk about about MMA and boxing. And speaking of boxing, we got a big match coming up tonight. We got a big we got we got a nice UFC card going on tomorrow, but we'll talk about that later on. Wrestling as a whole is just not great anymore. It's not. I mean, it's the same. It's the same old. It's the same old. Come along, these tired, these tired storylines. I mean, they they don't. There's no. There's no closure to them. There's really no. Anticipation. There's really nothing to do with storylines 
because of all because of all of the the pay per views that you have, there's really no time for storylines to develop, and there's really no time. There's really the matches don't tell the story anymore. Because if you look at matches from the the seventies and eighties, the pre pay per view days. 70 to 80, 70, I say from 69 to 84. I can remember watching old matches from that far back. I can remember watching matches from even, 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 in, even further back, you know. But the point I'm trying to make is, is that wrestling is not what it was. And a lot of people are talking, a lot of people are putting it because. It's the PG era. It's not the PG era. It's not the PG era that's killing that's killing the sport of professional wrestling. It's the it's the lack of it's a lack of talent that goes into you know. There's so many pay per views in wrestling that you don't you don't get to see a full storyline develop. You see recycled redundant storylines come about. You see recycled wrestlers come in. You see wrestlers who who are hanging on too long. You see wrestlers who who love the business and want to pass the torch per se. Cause that this is my thing. We've all talked we've all talked we all know about the Undertaker. We all know about his streak. We all know that he didn't want to be undefeated at WrestleMania. We all know that he wanted to handpick the guy that he wanted to get over. He actually had the idea. He actually had the guy to get over because the guy knew the business. We're talking about Randy Orton. He wanted to lose to Randy Orton at WrestleMania. He wanted to pass the torch on. Vince said absolutely not. And the reason why Vince said absolutely not is because he felt like Randy wasn't ready. Randy Orton is ready for the big time. He was ready for the big time eight years ago. When you put the belt on him, he was ready for the big time. Now, championships don't really mean anything anymore. In wrestling, because you pass them out like paper. I mean, you don't. I mean, some of these. I mean, you don't have long sustaining runs as champion because every two and three days or every other pay per view, you have a new champion emerging. You don't have that. You don't have that marquee guy. Well, you do have a marquee guy, but he's hated so bad by the by the fans. That you know, you look at him and you're like, "Why is he there? Why is Cena there?" You know, granted, Cena does do a lot for charities and stuff like that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about how you can basically overrun a wrestler. You basically overrun them. You know, this is what the this is what the territories were. This is this is what we're talking about with the territories. The territories were great because 
when you have that that long sustained run like like John Cena has, it gets old. And this is what was good about the territory days. It's like when you're done in one territory, you can go to the other territory. You can make that territory yours as well. And the gimmick doesn't change. Now, I don't know if the territories would work in this day and age with the internet and stuff like that. But you would see a you would see stars get made. You would see them move from territory to territory to territory. I mean, where you had the select cities that you had, you know, in like like I said, like like you know, if you go back to the territory days and you look at you look at when we had the when we had the big three. Um well you had you had five major major territories. You had you had the the mid south, you know, which was WCW NWA. You had the Northeast with the WWE the Midwest with the AWA, the Ghanaians, and then you had Texas, and then you had you had Texas, and Texas was split into three different three different territories because of the size of Texas. I mean, you had North North Texas and the Panhandle, North Texas with um, world class Novon Erics. You had South Texas with with um, I cannot think of the guy's name for nothing in the world. And then you had West Texas with the Guerreros. And the pan, and, and even the top panhandle, top part of the panhandle, Amarillo with the funks. I mean, they there was something different everywhere you went. And if you had that talent exchange, you can move talent from here to there to here to there, and things wouldn't get old. But when you start getting a monopoly like the WWE has. And with the lack of with the with the product that's been put out from other from other organizations now, WWE is just because they're on TV so much, because they have their own network, because of this, because of that. You know, you see a lot more of them, but you don't see the real talent come out. You see old talent still there, still hanging on. Like Triple H, who's forty-six years old, you know, we don't know if this the, was this the Undertaker's last last WrestleMania. You know, it's quite possible that it was. We don't know what we're going to see from Big Show. Big Show's forty-four years old. You know, you look at all these all these wrestlers who are ready to to pass on the torch, who should be passing on the torch. To these younger wrestlers, you don't see it. You see them hanging on. But that's just me. That's just me. But we're gonna take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're gonna we're gonna jump into some spring football, talk about the Pacquiao Bradley fight, and so on and so forth. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Little child called quest for y'all. Uh, uh, uh.
got me mesmerized With your black hair and your fat style Street poetry is my everyday But yo, I gotta stop when you drop my weight If I was working at the club, you would not pay Hey yo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, and Haitian mm. Name is Fife Dog from the Zulu Nation Told you in the jam that we could get down Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town You got DVD all on your bedroom wall But I'm above the rim and this is how I bore A gritty little something on the New York street This is how I represent over this here beat Talking about you Yo, I took you out the sex was on my mind for the whole damn route. My mind was in a frenzy in a horny state. But I couldn't drop down because you couldn't relate. You couldn't relate. the press box and the tailgate crew my name is Jermaine thanks for being a part of the show and let's just I, I want to talk about let's just talk about some MMA let's talk about some some combat sports today we do know that there's a big there's a big card tomorrow um it's tomorrow not today tomorrow um from Zagreb Croatia the first time the UFC has ever been to Croatia um it's a big card for one. Um, it's a nice card for one. It has has championship implications written all over it um, in the heavyweight division. The main event being Ben Rothwell versus Junior Dos Santos. The thing about this matchup is this. Ben Rothwell is, is, is on a tear right now. 
and and it is it's fun to see Ben Roswell come back the way that he has. I mean, he's a thirty four year old fighter. He's you know, he's a former IFL champion, he's a former world champion. He hasn't really made a splash in the, in the, in the UFC as of yet. But then we started seeing him, started seeing flashes of him the last three, four fights that he's had. He's on a four-fight winning streak. He's, you know, decision and, and two TK and three TKO, two TKOs, uh, two decisions and two TKOs in the, in those in those four fights. He's going up against a junior Dos Santos who's who's been up and down the last couple the last couple of years. I mean, you know, culminating with a with a win and then two subsequent uh title defenses before losing the belt to Cain Velasquez. Now Cain Velasquez is now back on the shelf, uh after all. And we're we're gonna see some, some really good things come out of this. And let let's just look at it this way. Ben Rothwell, Junior Dos Santos. This is gonna be an out and out war. I'm just gonna put it out there just like this. You won't see them hit the ground much. And if you do see them hit the ground, it's gonna be it's gonna be by accident. It's gonna be because one of them's hurt. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Now, well, I know Junior Dos Santos is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He is a he is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He can, he's a great boxer. He throws great combinations. I mean, he's a headhunter. But he he's also incorporated leg kicks into into the equation. So this makes this fight very very interesting in a way. It also makes this fight very very interesting in the heavyweight division because UFC 199 is starting to shape up to be just one of those one of those matches one of those pay-per-views that has implications in pretty much every facet of of title races especially in the heavyweight division because you got I mean, you got Fabrice Overdoom, who's going to be defending the title against Stipe Miocic. The winner of that fight will fight Cain Velasquez. The winner of this fight will probably fight the winner of Cain Velasquez versus the winner of Miocic Verdum. Just so you get this straight, Ben Rothwell Jr. Dos Santos will be the absolute number two contender and I would not don't be surprised if these two actually fight each other if the winner of this fight and Cain Velasquez fight each other I like Ben Roswell in this fight I think he's got the momentum in this fight but I love Junior Dos Santos I love his his versatility with the strikes I love the fact that he can actually bang with anybody he's got in the last couple fights his tennis been suspect but he hasn't been stopped. So there's a lot of things that could happen between now and then, and there's a lot of things that could happen between tonight and tomorrow, tomorrow, and in the next couple, in the next couple of weeks, in the next month or so. Let's just let's just put it out there. There's a lot of things that can happen between now and then. Now, the co-main event in this card, <laughs> excuse me, Gabriel Gonzaga and Derek Lewis, 
Derek Lewis, this is a bad boy. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to put it out there just like this. Derek Lewis, to me, he wins this fight over Gabriel Gonzaga. Gabriel Gonzaga. He's gonna he's gonna end up winning. He's gonna end up in the top ten, in the top five. He, he'll be a definite top ten fighter after if he wins this fight against Gabriel Gonzaga. He's a heavy hand, good good wrestling base, really really good. He throws leg kicks like none other. I mean, you don't see it much, but he does throw leg kicks. He does. He does have a good wrestling base, but he'll rely on his hands. That that's that's what bring him to. That's what brings him. His hands brings his. You know, brings him to that forefront because he's got heavy hands and and when I say heavy hands, I mean it may not be the quick punching power that you might see from from a guy like like Vitor Belfort. Or it may not be the combination power of of a Conor McGregor or a or Demetrius Johnson or anybody like that. Any guy with like heavy, quick hands. He he's just got power written all over him. I mean, he's got a nice wrestling boxing base. Like I said, he'll throw leg kicks at times. You don't see them much because he doesn't throw them as much. But if when he does throw him, man, <laughs> that makes him even more dangerous. So I mean, that's that. Those are the two matchups that that really, 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 really stand out to me, because this is these have implications in the heavyweight division that you haven't seen in a while. It actually brings excitement to the heavyweight division that you haven't seen in a while in the UFC. So. Very excited about that, and you know the other part, the other card, the other part is called Timothy Johnson, Martin Tabur, Tabur is a European-based fighter. Uh, I think he's Romanian. Can, I mean, I haven't seen much of him here lately, but from what I do know of him, he, <laughs> oh, you, you just have to stay tuned and watch this fight. This, as a matter of fact, this whole this card, um, the undercard. In the main card or on Fox Sports One tomorrow, starting at twelve noon. So everybody go check that check that out if you if you want to go see it. Then tonight the pay per view matchup everybody's been waiting everybody's wanting to see. Is this really Manny Pacquiao's final fight? Final fight as a professional boxer. I know that there's been some back and forth and back and forth between with a rematch him and and Floyd Mayweather. The thing about it is Floyd Mayweather does not have does not have a contract with a network right now. He's a quote unquote retired fighter. Does that mean that he's gonna move to Showtime again? Does that mean that he's gonna have the Showtime fight again? Or does that mean that he's gonna try to move to HBO go go back to HBO? We don't know yet. And this is the, this is a question that everybody has. With Adrian Bronner calling out Floyd Mayweather, saying he wants to fight Floyd Mayweather, and with the fact that Manny Pacquiao is saying that he's retiring after this fight against Timothy Bradley, 
because this it, this equation to me is starting to play out in a way that I thought it was going to play out. Floyd Mayweather is ready to pick and choose opponents again. Even though he's 39 years old, he's ready, he's ready to pick and choose opponents again. Adrian Bronner has called him out after his fight. Uh, after his fight last week. Now, let me let, let me put this in layman's terms. The one thing about Adrian Bronner that people don't realize is that he lost the fight before he won the fight. Let me explain what I mean by that. At the weigh-in, you weighed in two pounds, you weighed in two, a pound and a half, it was a pound and a half heavy, I'm sorry, a pound and a half too heavy. You refused to take that pound and a half off. So, you got stripped of your belt. You basically come into that fight under-trained, underwhelmed, and, you know, you won that fight because just because. When you win fights just because, and then you call out guys like a Floyd Mayweather, you've called out Floyd Mayweather, you called out Timothy Bradley, you called out Manny Pacquiao. But let me let me remind you of what you did before before you, you did that. You beat a Pauly Malinaji who who pretty much kicked your butt. But because you 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 had superior punching power, you won that fight. You went up against Marcos Mindana, and Mindana took you to the cleaners and beat you to death almost. Then you then you win another world championship. Ho hum, big deal. Who cares? But then you go through this meltdown, and you're 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 basically committing career suicide when you do things the way that you do them. I mean, you grew the beard out like Rick Ross because Rick Ross was is was co-promoting this fight with Delafane, and then you and then you had the nerve to call out the Manny Pacquiao's, the Timothy Bradleys of the world, but. You won't call out a guy who's actually called you out before. You won't call out Amir Khan. You won't call out. You won't call out Canelo. Canelo is actually willing to come back down to fifty-four to fight you. <laughs> come down to fifty-four to fight you because you're never going to make forty-seven again. And that's what. And, and, and you really think about this. Really think about what I'm about to say here. You miss weight by a pound and a half, okay? You really think that that Mayweather's gonna let you slide with just a pound and a half? He's gonna make you. He's gonna make you make a weight that's either below the weight limit or at the weight limit. And if you can't meet those demands. You know how much of your purse you give up? You give up 30% of your purse, especially with the WBC. That's 30% of your purse. The the IBF, 
the WBA, WBO, they don't take that much off your purse. They take they take fifteen they take ten to fifteen percent off your purse. The WBC, they take thirty percent off your purse. So before you decide to call out a guy who's a WBC champion, really think about how you make your weight. Really think about how your diet is going to have to be. I mean, you might have to call Mike Dolce to to get stuff together. I mean, just I mean that's just a little food for thought from from me, but. It's just it's just one of those things. You're not gonna you're not gonna make weight. But getting back to the Pacquiao Bradley fight, and and just put it this way, lamest terms, if Pacquiao wants to fight against Mayweather, then let's see him get past Timothy Bradley. They fought twice before. Timothy Bradley, not to take anything away from, I love Timothy Bradley's style. I love him. I love him now. I I love the way he fights. I love the fight in him. He's a good fighter. He's a great fighter. But the first fight he lost against he lost against Pacquiao. And then Pacquiao came back and, and, and spanked him around for twelve rounds. That first fight, I mean, that could have went either way and I mean, admittedly. But did he win that fight? To me, no, he didn't. But when you look at the when you look at this fight as a whole, this is, stylistically, this is probably going to be the toughest fight for, for Timothy Bradley because you're going to see a Manny Pacquiao who's going to go out on his shield. And what I mean by going out on his shield is that, you know, he said that this is his last fight. He said this is his final fight. So what I really would like to see from Manny Pacquiao is, you know, What's he going to do? He's got the superior hand speed. Even at 38 years old, he's got superior hand speed. Even, even now, after the after Mayweather fight, he hasn't fought since the Mayweather fight. If he loses this fight, does he try to go after Bradley again, or does he, or does he just retire on the shield? This is, the, this, is a, this is a question that we all have about, Pacquiao, about Manny Pacquiao. Is he going to go out on the shield? Is he going to win this fight and then retire? Or is he going to win this fight and try to go Mayweather out of retirement? This is one of those things where this could be a devil's advocate. I mean, I want to play devil's advocate here. Timothy Bradley shocks the world, legitimately beats Manny Pacquiao this time. Unlike what he did the first time, according to most. If he beats Manny Pacquiao, is he next for Floyd Mayweather? Is Floyd Mayweather going to come back and fight again? This is, this is, this is one of those things that, that makes this fight so interesting is to what is after the fight. But I'm gonna break down some 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 fight knowledge for you. Manny Pacquiao has connected on 82 percent of his headshots in his last five fights. 82 percent. Timothy Bradley, in that in that same time frame, 
He's changed trainers. He's now with Frederick. He's now with with um. He's changed trainers now, and you're starting to see something different from Timothy Bradley that we haven't seen from Timothy Bradley. We're starting to see a little bit of punching power from Timothy Bradley. We're starting to see him sitting on punches. You're starting to see him. You're starting to see him do stuff that you haven't seen him do in the past. And the thing about it is, I love to, I would love to see him. I would love to see how he does how he does it how he does it. And the reason why I say that is because you look at the fights that he's had since. The Chavez fight, the Diego Chavez fight, the Jesse Vargas fight, Brandon Rios. I mean, this is this is the thing. You're with Teddy Atlas now. You haven't seen Teddy Atlas dispassionate about boxing, about getting back into the training game since Mike since he was let go by Mike Tyson. This is the thing. You're gonna see Timothy Bradley in a whole new light. Because like I said, he's putting, he's, he's sitting on punches again. He's sitting on punches now. He's still using angles. He's still pop shotting here and there. But he's starting to sit on punches. And you're starting to see that power come off. You're starting to see that power come off. You're starting to see that power come off. Especially against Brandon Rios. You just, you just start seeing it. You just start seeing it. And I loved it. And I loved it a lot. And and I, and you know it, it makes me wonder what's gonna happen when he like I said what's gonna happen in this fight uh, and I and I love and I love to see I will I would love to see it I, I I'm loving I'm I'm I want to see this very much because I want to see. What Manny Pacquiao is going to do? Is he going to use his hand speed? Is he going to move angles? Is he going to do what Freddie Rupps wants him to do, which is use angles, use your hand speed, in and out, in and out, footwork, in and out, punches, punches and bunches, you know, that kind of thing. With with Timothy Bradley and Teddy Atlas, Teddy Atlas is going to make him do the same thing, use angles, use angles. Get his foot on the outside of a Pacquiao. Throw the straight right hand. Throw the throw the left hook. Get in your jab. Get in. You be first. Will we see? Will we see that kind of fight between those two? I can see this fight going either way. I can see Manny Pacquiao's hand speed, and I can also see, I can also see Timothy Bradley taking it over. And, and getting his hand speed because he's got pretty good hand speed as well. He can actually step into punches now. He's actually got punching power. I mean, you'll see this a lot in this fight. In this fight, you'll see it a lot, and it's very, very exciting to see. And that's what I hope a lot of people will understand is that this fight is better than people really, really think. <laughs> 
this this fight is very very much better than people. Will this be better than? Will this be better than than Pacquiao's fights with with Marquez? Probably so. Probably so. But it's it's gonna be fun to see. You know, it's gonna be fun to see. And it's just the more the more the more I think about it, the more exciting I the more excited I get, you know? Because this could like I said, this could be something that's for the ages. We could see Floyd Mayweather come out of retirement. Whether he fights whether he fights Pacquiao again, whether he fights Adrian Bronner, whether he fights Timothy Bradley, whether he fights Amir Khan. I mean, th- these are fights that could possibly happen should Floyd Mayweather want them to happen. So let's just let's just put it out there. These these are fights that could happen. So but that's a little food for thought right now. And just put a little put a little in your head. I will predict this fight like this. I think Pacquiao will win. I think he'll win by majority decision. I don't think I think Pacquiao will win this fight, like I said. And it'll be by decision. I don't think he'll knock I don't think he'll knock Bradley out because Bradley's just he's just too feisty for that to happen. And I just I just think that that this fight is better than people than people think. That's just that's just it. But we're gonna take a quick session break. We'll be right back. We'll come back, talk some string football. Ready to talk about that. We'll be right back. Oh yeah. One mile, one mile. One mile, one mile. Get him up, up. Oh yeah, CMG, 2 a.m. crew, what's good? Ben Nation, I see y'all. New York, we out here doing our thing. It just don't stop, right? Not for us. Uh. Everything I've been chasing after Me and Kyle hit the sky like we was falling backwards Went from killing time and climbing down the ladder To coming up with that real, that's my natural hazard Word, we those young men with those sharp minds Going all in, it's no part time And we taking that cause it's our time Same drive with that new gas And that's old school, just new class Cameras out like newsflash And we hit the sky with that new cash 
Words. And I've been running for days Ever since I broke up out of the cage Been up in the way like par fives We drive them insane And I leave no trace on the place I fade away till I made a way clean Got the whole world on the case But no matter what you won't stop my team I'm moving through the city Busy riding deep Getting stronger by the day They weaker by the week Competition gets outworked, so it works out fine And every single minute we in it, we break limits from 10 miles out You can see us shine, we're good Perfection, trying to manifest these blessings. Told them live it to the max, so I ain't never feeling less than then these haters trying to question, will he make it? Is he destined? I told you I'm the truth, a living, walking confession. I ain't lying, I ain't boasting. I'm just striving, I'm just hoping that I'll find an opportunity and that a door will open. So I never pay attention when they tell me that I'm chosen, cause I know I'm far from famous, even though they know I'm blowing up. Took a while, but they know. Always cow when I'm rolling up. People doubt, always ask me how, but I'm sure enough that I'll be the greatest that my town has ever seen. Be the one to pick them up when they're down like a towing truck. Working, yeah, I'm working, put my team on, that's for certain. I swear that's the naked truth, hiding behind those shower curtains. I managed to keep it clean, making music without cursing. Now I'm entering the system, watch me do it like a surgeon, that's for certain. Welcome back into the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. And it's the most second most wonderful time of the year. You know, when you can't be on the boat, you can't be anywhere else. Why not watch some spring football? And today we got over twenty we got over twenty spring football games going on today. Um, headlined by by Northwestern, who is supposed to was supposed to be on TV, but due to inclement weather in the Chicagoland area, they moved their they moved their their um, spring game indoors, and it won't be broadcast on BTN. But nonetheless, there's more spring games to, to follow, and I'll be at one of those spring games. Um, We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But right now, I mean, you have South Carolina, North Carolina State, South Carolina, 
NC State, Texas State, Toledo, Minnesota. Minnesota is actually um, two o'clock on on um, on the Big Ten Network. Colorado today, Eastern Michigan is today. Florida State is a three o'clock uh, practice. The three o'clock um, spring game in Orlando, and they're actually be playing that at the Citrus Bowl. I thought they were playing that at at Bright House Networks, but they're playing at the Citrus Bowl. Oklahoma's today, Wake is today, Auburn is today at four o'clock, and I'll be at the Auburn. I'll be at the Auburn game in um, in all orange. <laughs> I'll be in Auburn. Um, I'm actually going to be hanging out uh, in Auburn tonight. Um, so if you guys see me, show me some love. Um, and um, I'll be at Duvall's tonight. I'll be. I'll be in and around campus all night tonight. Um, just very excited about the spring game. Very excited to see some of the alums come back. Um, shout out to my man, Damon Duvall, who was, who's been a guest on the show. I'll be at his spot, Duvall's, taking in some wings because I'm hungry and I'm fat. So, I mean, if that tells you anything, ha. So, um, <laughs> but um, I'm very excited to, to be to go down there and take in the spring game. And what I'm going to be looking for in in all these spring games, especially South Carolina's, is new quarterbacks coming in, new quarterbacks playing. Um, Brandon McIlwain won't be won't be in, on campus uh, until the to the, the fall, but we'll be looking at other quarterbacks, seeing what they will do. And I'm very interested to see what the quarter what the quarterback's going to do. I'm very interested to see what the receivers are going to look like because of the loss of Farrell Cooper and the loss of you know the loss of Farrell Cooper is, is a big time loss for for the Gamecocks. So we're going to be looking to see what kind of playmakers they got. They got some early enrollees coming in at receiver. They got some pretty good they got some pretty good players returning from a team. That went that went three and nine last year, and can Will Muschamp write the ship in the first season? <laughs> we'll talk more about that next week, you know, in the spring forecast. In the spring forecast, but to me, it's all about the quarterback play. It's all about seeing the defense and how they look in regards to what Will Muschamp's going to bring in, because Will Muschamp runs a sophisticated. Get simple defense. You know he's a he's a saving disciple. He he's a guy who, who we all know about. You know as a defensive coordinator, as a great defensive coordinator. He's not that bad of a of a of a head coach either. It's just he ran into some unfortunate luck at at Florida and. That's the thing about Florida. That's the thing about about Florida and about a lot of the SEC schools. I mean, they get rid of you so quick. You never, you're never really able to get your feet planted in those places. South Carolina might give them a chance. I mean, they gave Lou Holtz a chance. They, I mean, Steve Spurrier was obviously given a chance, and you know, so. Give Will Muschamp a chance. I mean, even though I don't like the fact that he left Auburn in the way that he did, you know, it is what it is. But 
I think that he's he's got a good he's got a good got a group excuse me, got a good group coming in. And Steve Spurrier didn't leave the cupboard unbared. That's just like with Vandy a couple of weeks ago, watching their spring game. Derek Mason is in his third year. He's starting to get a feel for what his team should be. That's what makes coaches successful when you learn how your how your team's gonna be. I'm very excited to see that. I'm very excited to see see what's gonna happen in South Carolina. The other game that I'm really excited to see is like I said, I I'm excited to see a lot of a lot of the games. I wanna see Florida State. I wanna see what they do offensively now that they have two quarterbacks that they know that can play. Sean McGuire is not going to play in this game. So this is all left up to the to the quarterback that was there. Emily Henry, who is who is an early enrollee at Florida State. I'm very excited to see Malik Henry and what he can do at the college level. Is he is he the guy to lead Florida State in the future? He's a different guy from he's a different guy from, from James. This is a guy who's a who's a true dual threat quarterback, but like but would rather stand in the pocket and throw the ball. I like Malik Henry, I like Sean McGuire, and I love the quarterback that they had before. He was a he was just a redshirt freshman last year and didn't get any playing time as much uh behind Dolson and McGuire. So really excited to see Florida State in that quarterback play. Really excited to see who's going to be that next man up at corner, at safety, because you really haven't seen that good lockdown corner at at Florida State since now, now that Jalen Ramsey's left. You don't, you're not going to see that lockdown corner. So it's going to be very interesting to see what you see out there on the field. Um, there's no, I mean, you won't see, you won't see Dalvin Cook because Dalvin Cook is still recovering from from offseason shoulder surgery. You won't see Sean McGuire because he's still um, recovering from offseason foot surgery, ankle surgery. So I mean, there's a lot of things that are going on back and forth in, in that regard. Now. The one, the one, the one school that, that nobody is really talking about is Oklahoma. Oklahoma has a lot coming back, and they're going to be playing a lot of. They're going to be playing some young players this year, as well as intertwining, intertwining some veteran players in into that group. It's going to be very interesting to see what they look like this year. We all know what they're going to look like next year because they have Kyler Murray's coming there. He's already there. He's already on campus. He's Participating in, in spring, but he's not going to play in the spring game, and he's he's going to be learning the offense in the fall. So it's very exciting to see what's going to happen with Oklahoma. And I'm going to say that Oklahoma, for me, looking at looking at what they have coming back, looking at the schedule that they have coming into the season, this is a big this is a big season for Bob Stoops. This is a big season for a lot of those for a lot of those veterans, like like the Samaj Pirines, like the who who we won't see because of because he he's been set out with off season surgery. But we're gonna see what's behind them. We're gonna see 
the new quarterbacks come in. We're going to see new quarterbacks, two new quarterbacks. We're going to see some other things that go on with Oklahoma. Oklahoma, to me, is still a top-ten team, even though they'll be looking for a new quarterback. They'll be looking for someone to compliment Samadji Piran. They'll be looking for somebody to replace Sterling Shepard uh, as a receiver. So there's a lot of things that go on at Oklahoma that a lot of people won't see. But it's very exciting to know what's going to happen, to to actually see what's going to happen in the in the next couple next couple of months and weeks coming into coming into this this coming up season. Um, I think a lot of people don't really don't really know that you know that this is this is a big this is a big year for. This is a big year for Oklahoma. This is a really big year for Oklahoma. But like I said, the the game I'll be at is in Auburn. And I'll be at Auburn tonight. Like I said, I'll be in Auburn, I'll be at Jordan here. And one of the things that I mean, I, I've I went through and, and looked at some notes. Looked at some of the notes about the spring game and what I want to see. Um it's simple. Offensively, I want to see quarterback play. For me, it, it, for me, looking at the quarterback play, it, it, because the quarterback touches the ball on every play on the offensive side of the ball, I want to see the execution. I want to see what what Sean White's going to do with the ball. What how he's going to execute the offense? Is he is he fully healthy? Coming off coming off um, the knee injury that he had. John Franklin III coming in the Florida State transfer. From what people have already said about him, him running his own read, he's probably faster than Nick Marshall. He, we know that he's faster than than Cam Newton. But can he run the speed option as good or better than than Nick Marshall or Cam Newton? That's a big question. And Jeremy Johnson. Will we see Jeremy Johnson be the Jeremy Johnson that was last year? Or will we see the Jeremy Johnson that threw six interceptions and lost his starting spot to Sean White? This is a three-horse race. We won't see Tyler Queen because Tyler Queen has been shut down for the for the spring. Um, we all know that he had we had he had the elbow injury. We all know that he he had a little bit of you know, some, he has some shoulder stiffness as well. And he's going to put on a pitch count. So I think shutting him down is probably the best thing for 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 Tyler Queen and for Auburn. I love Tyler Queen. Watch this kid grow from where he was at North Cobb High School in, in Marietta, Georgia, playing under his dad, Shane, at North Cobb, winning a couple of recent championships there. I mean, he he's a great he's a great quarterback. He's also a good baseball player, but he's given up baseball, which is good because it was bad on his elbow, and that's where the elbow injury occurred there in, in baseball playing for North Cobb his junior year. Um, another thing that I, that that we don't talk about is the running back play. You lost you lost Peyton Barber last year, but you got some players that are coming back. Javon Robinson's healthy. Rob Thomas is healthy. Carry on Johnson, you won't see much because he did have 
he's not available due to injury. He, he hasn't practiced any this spring because of because of the shoulder surgery that he had. Um, but he's going to be back in the fold. So running back play is is, is coming back. I, I want to see what Javon Robinson can do. I want to see if Rock Thomas can hold on to the ball. I want to see what Cameron Petway can do running the ball. Auburn's in good hands when it comes to the running game. Now, what we really want to see, what I really want to see is the receivers. We're still sophomore, junior, laden, but Marcus Davis has to take has to take precedent over over this game, over the, the receiving core. He has to be that go-to receiver. You know, you also have an option in on Johnson who can catch the ball out of the backfield, who you can spread out in the slot or put him out wide. I think on Johnson may even become a receiver when it's all said and done with because because of his better hands. Um, but, you know, like I said, that's yet to be seen. Defensively, I want to see what the new coordinator is going to bring in. I want to see if we're going to be attack minded. I want to see, I want to see guys like Maurice Swain. I want to see guys like, like Montrevious Adams. You know, they're going to be interchangeable all year long because we all know that that Maurice Swain will get down in in the three point stance and he'll play the four tech, he'll play the three technique, the five technique. He'll even play out wide in the seven or the, or the wide nine. So he he's very versatile in that response. Montrevious Adams. Either he's going to play head up on the, on, the, on the center or he's going to play a two technique, a three technique, or a five technique. It's just very, very difficult. To, I, I really want to see what he's going to do. I really want to see the linebacker play. I want to see what these useful linebackers are going to do. I want to see what the secondary is going to do. John Broussard is in for the spring. I want to see him and Carlson Davis. See what him and Carlson Davis can do. I want to see... What what replacement that we have for the Casanova McKenzie's and the Chris Frost on his defense? I, there's a lot of questions to be answered about Auburn. There's a lot of questions to be answered uh, with with Texas A&M. New, new offensive coordinator, new, um, kind of a little bit new, kind of a little bit new on the defensive side of the ball. You know, so I mean, there's a lot of questions that that will be asked of some of these some of these ACC schools that that you haven't heard in a while in a while because they've been so so I don't, I don't want to say stagnant, but they've been so settled at that position with with other, with other guys. So in that regards, you look at. Like I said you, you're gonna you're gonna see some different things in the Auburn eight eight game you haven't seen the South Carolina game. You're gonna see some things that are different. Um, and I'm I'm very interested to see those games. Like I said, the Florida State game is gonna be very interesting to me. Auburn's gonna be very interesting to me. Uh, and it's gonna be very interesting to me because, like I said, new coordinator, new offense coordinator. You're gonna be breaking in two new quarterbacks. <sighs> One that has experience, and then you have another, and then you have another. And then, you know, you've lost three five-star quarterbacks. Ones at ones at Houston, ones at TCU, ones at Oklahoma now. So I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot to be said about about a guy like Kevin Sumlin. Is he on the hot seat? <laughs> I mean, if you ask a lot of people around me, 
fast a lot of people who who I've talked to about that. This is this is one of those times where it's hmm hmm, and is it will will they let him if he messes up? I mean, I, w- I don't want to use the word mess up. Let, let let's let let me rephrase that. If Kevin Sumlin actually does not get off to the start that 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 this Texas A and M team is going to have. Will they use a short leash on him? Will, will they show him the door? Um, I think that that's that's the better question that that people have. Will they show him the door? And you know, honestly, I hope they don't. But I mean, sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to just to get just to get a new just get a new energy in there. So, but. I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people are are talking about right now. And um, like I said next week, next week, next week spring games. I mean, even we'll talk we'll talk more about those spring games uh, next week. But next week spring games, um, there's going to be over forty over thirty spring games next week as well. You know, LSU, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, Iowa State, Illinois, Cal, Ohio State is next week. Um, Texas Tech is next week. Very excited to see what Texas Tech is going to bring. They have a new offensive coordinator there as well. We'll talk about that next week in the spring forecast. Um, so, I mean, like the next couple weeks, we'll be talking. We'll be talking spring forecast with my man Scott Scott Smith of Streetlight Streetlight Recruiting. We'll also bring back this the recruiter of the week. Um, there's some big time recruits going on out there. Shout out to my man Dalton Wyatt, Dalton Hyatt, um, Arkansas commit, so big time commit there. Um, very exciting to see what's going to happen there. Um, also, open like a quarterback. Um, open like a quarterback is uh, on his way. Um, On his way up to the big time, he's actually let me go back here. Give me one second, okay um very excited to hear about about the black quarterback um by the name of um jake bentley jake bentley if you if you haven't known he's a four he's a Four-star quarterback in the 2017 class. Okay, um, very very smart, very smart. I mean, he's graduating a year early, and the thing about the thing about this is that this is not unprecedented. You just haven't seen. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it a couple times before, but the last time I saw it. Was actually 2001, and that was with John David Booty when he left Evangel Christian of Shreveport, Louisiana, to go to um, to go to USC, where he where he gray-shirted and was there six years. Um, got a six-year eligibility due to injury, and then went on to have a pretty good, pretty good, pretty good 
yet short run in the, in, in the NFL. But Jake Bentley, he's got all the smarts in the world to to be the guy at South Carolina. He'll be coming in this this summer. This summer. So at um, at South Carolina, you know, so you got a lot of players that that are you got a lot of quarterbacks at South Carolina at your disposal. Is he the guy to be that next big thing at, at South Carolina? The last person to come from this area to play for to play for South Carolina and be a starting quarterback, excuse me, was a guy by the name of Blake Mitchell who ironically was an elite eleven quarterback. Jake Bentley was going to be an elite eleven quarterback, but now that he's he's taking himself out of that and actually going to South Carolina. It it makes it makes things a little bit a little bit more crazy. Does that mean that other quarterback does that mean that other quarterbacks are going to you know fall in into other into other schools, fall into other schools' hands? This is very interesting to see, especially with the twenty seventeen class. Um so that that's just that's just part of it. But um You know, it it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense that he's that he's leaving the way that he's leaving. I mean, he's already graduated. I mean, technically, he's already graduated. He's going to his junior prom, and, and actually, this will be his senior prom. You know, if you if you want to, you know, reclassify him as a senior now. Um, but I mean, he's 17 years old. I mean, the kid's 17 years old, and he's that good. And he's that smart of a he's that smart of a, of a guy. So, um, like I said, just just really excited to see what's going to happen between now and then. And and um, so we're going to take a quick station break. We'll be right back. We're going to come back and talk some more spring football and actually get into get into. Uh, an early top twenty-five, early preview of what what we're gonna have next week on the show. Um, so stay tuned.
Welcome back into the Press Boston and Tailgate Crew. My name is Jermaine. Thanks for being a part of the show. Now, <clears throat> switching gears for a minute here. We lost some we lost some very, very prominent people in the world of music this week, um, in entertainment. Um all you country singers out there. We lost uh Merle Hat all you country country um music lovers. Like myself, I mean I love all kinds of music. But um we lost we lost Merle Haggard this week on his seventy ninth birthday. And uh one of the things that that you know really hits home is that you don't really see any pure singers and any pure country singers anymore. Um and he he's the last of a dying breed, you know, and now you know, he we we've lost him. And uh he was seventy nine years old. On his birthday, seventy ninth birthday, he, he did lose his life. Um and we also lost uh Daisy Llewellyn. Um uh, if you know her, if you if you know that name, she was on Bravo's Blood, Sweat and Heels. Um very beautiful young lady. She died at thirty six from complications from, from liver cancer. So um just uh, like I like I like I tell everybody here lately, life is not life is not really granted to us. And also, to um, and before before I go any further with that, you know, we also also lost a, also a friend of mine as well, um, Enrique uh, Mexico Billingsley. Uh, if you all know him from from around the way, uh, Lafayette, Alabama, uh, Lynette, West Point, Georgia. You know, we've lost some, we've lost some great, some great people in, here. And, uh, one of the things that, that really gets to me is that, you know, we, we don't, we don't value life as much as we should. And, you know, I do a sports show. It, this, this really hit home because, I you know I, I met I met Mexico a long time ago, and he's a good guy, great guy. Love talking to him. He had a great head on the shoulder. Um, and just he's just just a fun, carefree guy as you'll ever meet. But he also cared a lot about. Family cared a lot about about his about his child, and uh, that child is just going to be that child's going to be very well loved, and um, hopefully she can hopefully um, you know that that could you know she'll make it past it, you know, or I'll make it past it, but it's going to be hard, and uh, it's going to be hard to, to, to think about. Not seeing that smile, not seeing that face, you know, not hearing, not hearing the jokes that he would that he would say, and not just seeing him, just being him, you know. And that's just, you know, it's another thing, you know. We don't, we always talk about living for the moment. Yeah, live for the moment. Yeah, but. Don't forget to tell your friends and your family. 
no matter what you do or what you what you think, your friends and your family are always gonna be there for you no matter what. So, I mean, just tell just tell your loved ones that you love them because you never know when the last when it's gonna be your time or their time. You know, just tell somebody you love them, and I promise you. When it's time to say goodbye, it won't hurt as bad because you know that they love you because you told them and they told you back. So that's just just a little little tidbit of what I what I've been going through. You know, yeah, I just ask you all to continue to pray for his family. Continue to pray for pray for the I mean just to pray for the families involved and pray for everybody because like I said that. There's no time like the present, but you know, give thanks to those who have who you, who are important to you. With that being said, we're gonna cut this a little short this weekend. Um, I hope everybody had a great weekend. I hope everybody, if you're on travels to spring football games, or if you're going to baseball games, or if you're going to support your local high school and track meets and things of that nature, be sure to be sure to do it safely. And don't forget to tell the people around you that you love them or that you care about them. You know, just to give somebody a hug, you know, because a hug will go a hug can go a long way nowadays. So with that being said, we're gonna take a we're gonna we're gonna take this down the road and um I sure do appreciate you guys listening listening in to me today. And um special thanks to to the Live by Chance Network. Check out check out T Rex on Tuesdays, uh the Live by Chance show. Check out my man the Kid Retro. Check him out uh, on Thursdays with um Turntable Thursdays. And also check me out um every Saturday on the tailgate crew. I mean, this, this is something that we'd love to do. Just something that we, that we, that we have a passion for. So everybody support the movement. Everybody support what we're trying to do. And, um, next week you'll probably hear some sights and sounds from, from a day. Um, also next weekend, I'll probably, I'll be, I'll be somewhere next weekend. Uh, not real sure where yet, but I'll be I'll be in either in Tuscaloosa or or in or in Athens. Um, haven't really put together an itinerary just yet. But um, wherever I go, I'm gonna have a lot of fun, and I hopefully you guys have a lot of fun too. Special thanks to my parents. Special thanks to the admin Wendy. Thanks to uh, T Rex, Casey, Cordier, DJ EA in the building. You know. Thank you for joining me in the press box, my mom, my dad, you know, all the families that are involved. And uh also y'all pray for the Billingsley family, y'all pray for y'all pray for the um for the McQueen family, you know, RIP stack, rest in heaven, my boy. And uh also uh say a special prayer for Del Rico Murphy. Uh also a big big friend of mine, childhood friend of mine. Um he had some injuries in the car wreck that that um that were very tragic. They ended tragic. So um, everybody just 
and instead of pray for yourself, you know. And um, until next week, let's go tailgate. Yeah, man. Hey, yo, T, I think, uh, I think we can keep this one slow. Make it easy to ride to. Yeah. You know, sometimes I look around and I think, like, maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find something. Oh, I can't? But I can try, right? Yeah. But what then? You know that ain't so bad. Yeah. I told a girl I love her, you stand on your own. But you ain't gotta deal with these cameras alone. From the beginning, see, I learned how to manage my own. Became the boy and then I turned to a man on my own. The lone wolf for the pack, moving through hella crap. Down to earth, so it's only natural I hold you down. Now you the one I picture when I roam around And the summer I'm falling for you is going down Yeah, staying stuck in this season of mine And I've been shining to the point that my reason is blind Think I'm the one, that that's just something I'm reaching to find Out of control, but yo, that shit that I still been denying Yeah, the light's down, but we staying up And looking back where I started, my only way is up Way to the world, but I lived it before the weight is up And still myself the one and only that I came to trust Now that's some crazy luck yeah. Let it rock. But you want some soul shit. Yeah. And she just keeps saying. You can't rescue me. Oh, nah. You can't save me, no. You know what? Maybe you're right. What you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought realistic Cause when it comes to my vision, man, only I can see it Said only I can reach it And I'm just praying by the time that I'm gone I'll be here in spirit so you can hear this Yeah, well these rappers stuck on the same product Tell them forget it, ain't hard to tell that they ain't got it Simple and plain, I'ma leave this world with my name on it Knowing it's easy to hate the plane when you ain't on it Riding, whipping through the horizon, my time and it's something better than it's ever been. They call me Wolfie from how I'm flying on hella biz. Hip hop's alive and I'm here to show you the evidence. Back to the wall where I started back in the day. I was pushing maximum effort and pulling minimum weight. Trying to show the all those around me that I can stand on my own. Now I swear I'm afraid of nothing. I'm screaming after the phone while I'm busy pulling my fam up an animal. How I ran up the standards of how we live it. It's funny they pull the camera. The picks of how I'ma get it when years I've been in my zone. And it's just how. I started by killing this on my own, my word is my bond, and I'm just out on my own. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.